the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hey, what's up and stuff? (laughs) (laughs) This is the Worldview Media Podcast winner of the prestigious Potty Award. Oh, boy. Amen. We hung that up in our bathroom. (laughs) That's a horrible place for the Potty Award. All right. (laughs) Do you want to try it one more time? (laughs) No, this is this, this is, is top good. shelf right here. Okay. And we're live. No take backs. This is top shelf. This is the top shelf media podcast. This is what got us the potty award. <laughs> we are broadcasting live from the immigration checkpoint between the land of the living and the land of the dead. What? Whoa. It feels weird here. It smells kind of different. Like death. <laughs> like Death no. warmed over. I, it I was going to say grape. grape suckers. <laughs> <laughs> it smells grape. <laughs> this is the Worldview Media Podcast. My name is Gordon Runyon, and with me is the full Worldview Media Podcast team of investigators. The podcast oh, cast. Podcast. Were we supposed to investigate? Cast squared. Yeah, so at my two o'clock. Oh. Could it be cute? Is the no, three. <laughs> Y'all talking math? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, we're recording. And my two o'clock is the wife of my youth, Miss Joyce. <clears throat> Happy to have you with us, ma'am. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> At my four o'clock is Reagan Runyon. I'd say I'm more at five o'clock, but. Okay. All right. Hello. It depends on if he's 12 or not. He's 6. I'm looking at 12. Okay. Then yet I'm big. And then at my 7 is Carmen Runyon. Can't be at 6. Oh, that's him. <laughs> yeah. The recently crowned director of our local Chamber of Commerce. Oh, yeah. Carmen Runyon. I got right. a full sentence as a title now. So. <laughs> right. I'm official. Hoo-hoo! Can't wait for them kickbacks to start rolling in. I, was, I thought you were going to say, I can't wait for them to realize they've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't realized it with me, they won't realize it with you. <sighs> and at my 13 o'clock is Whoa. Jordan Runyon. I would uh, contest that. 13? <laughs> I'm clearly on this side of the 12. Oh, well. <laughs> We're using military time. It's still wrong. But that's still <laughs> that's still wrong. <laughs> now they have no idea where I am in relation to you. Oh, that sucks. Oh well. Jordan is on the left on your radio dial. <laughs> left, left. Stop. <laughs> and we are here to talk about the fantabulous waste of time that oh. is Coco. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Who made this, Walt Disney? Disney, uh, Pixar. Disney, Pixar. Who's responsible for this fiasco? I liked it. I told oh. you. I called it. I called All right, it. I owe you five dollars. Called it. I said Carmen was going to be the one defender. I will. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, Too bad boy. this is only audio. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> that was a straight up hostel's mustache. Right <laughs> Somebody's wearing braids specifically to have this discussion. <laughs> have my argument mustache on. <laughs> I don't want to sit next to you. <laughs> I would argue that point, but my mustache fell apart. So. <laughs> We ain't oh, never man. gonna. All right, back to Coco. Yeah, we're talking about Coco. Right, we're talking about Coco, and in this movie, oh, a bunch of crap happens. Oh. I don't even know what to say. Not a bunch. There's this kid. What's his name? Miguel. 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 Oh, Miguel. That's his name. He lives in Mexico. He's surrounded by nothing but paganism, and he. uh he somehow manages to journey to the land of the dead on the day of the dead. Because he was stealing something from the dead. Because he was stealing something from the dead. I'm and not sure now that he's in trouble because if he doesn't get back before sunrise, then he has to stay there forever. As a skeleton man. Or until everybody forgets him. No, because right. they would probably have a picture. Yeah, they'd have a picture of him. Eventually he'll be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And so... That's sad. I know. That's kind of the plot. He's searching for the man that he believes is his... In the land of the dead. He's searching for a man he he believes is his ancestor, Mm -hmm. who's a great musician, and Miguel wants to be a musician, too. Well, they make shoes. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing, too, is that his... (laughs) His, uh... You're missing the point of why he's looking for the the great-great-grandfather, is that in his... Uh, history that his great grandpa left his family and you know left the mom and the daughter and great, so great 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 yeah so left his family and then went to become this famous musician and everything never came back so the mom the great grandma great great, great you know great great whatever the originator you know, the originator bans music because it reminds her of this husband that's left her and her daughter and it's stuff so intense and so then they yeah it's it's pretty pretty extreme but so they ban music in the whole family and then we have miguel who wants to be a musician so he has to decide if he wants to be a musician over his family because that's the they're not giving him an option it's not allowed yeah so he gets to the land of the dead and he meets up with several of his dead ancestors and they to a person all hate music and the only way they'll give him a blessing so he can return is if he agrees never to pursue do any musical anything again. And so he's convinced that he needs to find his great-great-great-grandfather who was a musician and have him send him back with his blessing. Mm. And there's... Crazy people he meets along the way. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. And the rules of the land of the dead are that on the one day of the year, the Day of the Dead in Mexico, somebody want to say it in Spanish? Dia de los Muertos. Hey. I was not about to put myself in that situation. (laughs) For being half white, that sounded all Spanish. Well, that was my Spanish half. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's why Uh, you have a mustache, bro. (laughs) Hey now. <laughs> what are you saying about your mother? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Magnificent Mexican mustaches, I mean. 
Hey, we're now. not <laughs> Mexican. All right, so the rules of the land of the dead is that one day out of the year, the dead can cross back over into the land of the living and kind of visit with the family and stuff. That's if their photograph has been placed in the family shrine. Mm. If it's not there, they can't go. They get stopped at the border patrol station. And, and then the other rule is that once someone, once you get forgotten, meaning that nobody still tells stories about you or knows stories about you or anything, then you just dissolve into nothing and, and go away forever. Yeah. You're, just gone. Yeah. And the caveat with that is that you can't, you have to learn those memories from somebody, somebody who, knew or, who knew you or you was alive. You can't read it in a book. It, it yeah. has to be passed down from person to person. Mm-hmm. Makes it even tougher. Yeah. And so spoiler alert. Turns out dies. that the, <laughs> the great, great, great grandfather that was the musician turns out not to be his ancestor at all. He turns, this musician guy turns out to be a murderer. Yeah. A monster. A monster of a man. And the guy that he killed is actually the ancestor of Miguel. Yeah. Who well, is also a, a magician. Musician. <laughs> a musician. Well, and then his fake great-great-grandpa is, like, the best musician in... He's like Mexican Elvis, yeah, basically. Yeah, right. Based off of... Okay, so let's talk about why this movie was so terrible. Anybody have any ideas? Oh, I think you have some. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so boring. It was so predictable. Mm-hmm. It was so... Uh, well, I don't know. I fell asleep through most of it, but... See, so how can you even get it on? I woke up and I didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you usually think, though. Yeah. No, I know when I've lost the plot, but <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't happen here. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the whole thing was just promoting the most rank sort of paganism and ignoring the influence of Christianity in Mexico, even as flawed as it is and all that. And just kind of acting like that's never happened. And uh, like I say, just the promotion of paganism and the stupid story. And I just thought that was all bad. Carmen feels differently? Question mark? No, I did feel like I enjoyed some of the artwork. I thought the land of the dead was beautiful. And... It was extremely colorful and just looked like a fun place to be. Sure. And it was a lot more fun than the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is this, what are you, what is it you want to talk about here? Because it seems like you're. I, I want to talk about what you felt about the movie overall. This is the overall segment. I didn't really like it. You were a hater to start. Do you have anything more to say? Uh- <laughs> Why did you not like it? I just thought, like, it was kind of predictable, like you said. I felt like Carmen's going to be like, no, you're totally wrong. But I just <laughs> felt like I've seen movies that are similar. <laughs> and it wasn't like a, like a really exciting story, I didn't think. And I felt like, I don't know, some of the artwork was nice, but I felt like the animation was... <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. And I didn't really love the characters, any of them. Yeah. 
You had no connection. No connection. No. I just sat there and watched it, like, you know. We have the podcast on this. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, let me pick up one or two details that I need to remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, what was your thought? Uh, I, I didn't really. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was kind of boring most of the time. I thought that the music was really not all that great for being the big deal that it was. Like, eh, like I can't even remember the tune to any of the songs. Any of them. Any of them. Any of them. I can't. Can you? But you can remember it's your birthday. <laughs> that was catchy. That was catchy. And that was on, you don't remember on me for like two seconds. But anyways. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I just don't relate. And and I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, how great it was and stuff. And I was like hoping that it would be good, but it, eh, I didn't really think it was very good. It's probably not a movie I'm going to get. And how? Probably. <laughs> hey, she got, she got you her better opinion. not get this movie. <laughs> Just for that, I'm going to get this movie. <laughs> it's a movie I have to have now. <laughs> but I think uh, Disney is trying to do things that aren't just mainline American type of stuff. And unfortunately, I think people are doing this, you know, that this is stuff that still kind of happens. It may not be as prevalent, but I, I think just maybe some of our Catholic friends do things like this. You know, they pray to Mary and I'm just like, what, why would you do that? And, and so I think this probably still kind of happens at some level in that culture. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's right, but I can see what that it's... What did you like about it? The, the animation was fun. I thought the, the colors and all of that was nice. The, the characters were probably a little too caricatures for me than not really being developed. But then they're not really what the movie is focusing on. It's focusing on the little boy and the singing and the music and... And then, of course, once you get into the the dead place, you know, he's just people that he meets there are just kind of people that he sees along the way. So there's not really a lot of other character development. Yeah. But uh, th there was the twist with it, who the actual relative of his was. Yeah. And so that was that was kind of good, and and I think there was some. Uh, resolutions that were made that were positive. Oh, you know another thing that I just remembered? <laughs> I didn't really feel like there was a lot of tension throughout most of the movie because he's supposed Maybe to like make it back through he's supposed to make it back before dawn and he's got to help this guy get his picture on the on something so that he can go back before dawn, but I never felt like there was a time crunch at any point where you were like movie, nervous or where I was mm -hmm. like Oh no! The countdown never yeah, really started. It, yeah, it was and the like the sun was coming up. They were doing all like, they were doing all this stuff, and and nobody cared like about how long it was tension. taken. Like it was fake tension. Yeah, but you knew that it was going to be okay. Well, not even just that, but like 
But you nobody know. even ever referenced. Oh no! You look, you're you're doing your all your all your bones are showing now. Like nobody cared. <laughs> like it, it, it was it was never even a it was never even really an issue. Like they said, oh, it has to be done by this point. But then we never really hear about that again until. So you would have liked it if they kept saying, ah, oh, it's ten o'clock or now it's midnight. I'd like to know. <laughs> I'd like to because there's no tension if nobody says anything about like. Well, wait. What time is it actually now? What yeah. time did he get here? How long do we actually have? Nobody says. No, you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carmen, you have one minute to convince us. <laughs> this is a pile of crap. All right. I think a lot of the issues um, that, like, you run to Coco. I think you guys are accurate in that. You know, it's very uh, pagan. The the basis of it is not a good basis. Um, the art is really pretty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the issues with not relating and stuff to the movie is partially cultural mm-hmm. because I've, um, like I follow some different people who do like concept art for the movie and everything. And so they, Disney's really good about going in and finding the cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, Coco's actually the number one animated movie in Mexico, like ever of all time. Yeah. That they, this movie just destroyed in Mexico. Um, and a huge part of that is because it references a lot of Mexican culture. Mm. Um, like, I don't know these people, but um, in the backgrounds of different um, scenes, like in the movie with uh, Ernesto's party, mm-hmm. that they have the actual, like, most famous singers in Mexico and, like, all these different yeah. people are referenced. And that's stuff I don't know. Yeah. You know. And we wouldn't catch because yeah, that's not catch. our culture. And yeah. that was a point that I had said, too, that Disney is trying to be a little bit more... Uh, global yeah and how they're presenting their their products yeah. and it's not just all mainstream america yeah you know and you know the music i thought the music was good it's not the type of music i listen to but i'm like okay you know what this is a different culture of music this is something to get used to and um i think the themes that they tried to hit on was you know family and the importance of family yeah. and the, importance. For the second half yeah second half you know <laughs> um and the relationships you have with your family, that that's kind of the big push with this movie, which I think they did, but I think it kind of got sacrificed a little bit. And like you guys said, with the depth of the characters and stuff that you just see, you see a family and you see parts, but they're all playing parts of a family. Yeah. You know, and that, that does hurt the storyline some, but I mean, I did, I liked the colors. I liked, I thought it was, I thought it was a really pretty movie. You know, I was, I at least was engaged during it, but yeah. I agree with the art, like I said. I did think that one place where the storytelling <laughs> fell apart is Miguel makes it back and he gets to his family. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him do anything in terms of explaining where he's been and what he's learned. But suddenly in the next scene, his whole family that has been banning music for generations without any explanation, everybody, even the most staunch of that of the ones that enforce that rule. No, they're all happy to have music around and stuff like that. Is I that, that was kinda... well, is that the cut scene at the very end where he's singing in the, when he goes in to see Coco? Well, when he goes in to see Coco, well, I and think they're still not wanting him to sing. Yeah. But they see the response of the grandma to the music. And that's when I think they just say, okay, because she hasn't been responsive. Yeah. And she's just been sitting in a chair. For how long? Yeah. You? And so they see that, that change. But that explains in the, it? No, no. But that's when they 
when they just say, okay, play this song, because this obviously means something to her, because her countenance is changing, and she's, she's looking like she's talk. a part of this world now, instead of just staring off yeah. into nowhere. And so I think that's why they're like, okay, we'll let this happen. I don't think they would do that if the Coco was... Does that have to you know, respond? if she hadn't been in that state, right. I don't think yeah. that would have been acceptable. They wouldn't have allowed it. And yeah. they didn't want that, that to, they were against it, but he started doing it anyway. And then yeah. there was, was the response there. Well, and then she didn't even, she didn't recognize her daughter, the the big no, no music lady and stuff like that. Didn't recognize her through the whole part of the movie where we saw them together. And then she sing, he sings a song with her. And she's able to, like, speak in full sentences, and she recognizes her daughter, and, you know, what's wrong? You look so sad. Whereas before, she's not even... Responsive. She doesn't know who she yeah. is. Yeah, who's there and what's going on. And, so, know. but these are things to talk about on the second. Yes, of course. Are they? All right. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe we're done, and we just say, nobody watch Coco ever again. <laughs> That's <Short> my podcast. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and come back with more worldview thematic type issues. See ya. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. We're back in the land of the living just before sunrise. The World View Media Podcast. Woo! Oh, wow. <laughs> it's almost an all-nighter. <laughs> How would we know? That was tough. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... We've talked in general what we liked and what we didn't like, and now it's time for us to talk more in terms of worldview and themes and what sorts of things are being preached to us in the movie Coco. Jordan? (laughs) Um, Jordan had something for us. Go ahead. Well, I think the thing that we had talked about earlier while we were just sort of talking before we were like, podcasting about it in our practice run well no just casual talking that's what we do we talk about stuff all the time so well um, we just the uh so this guy that that the kid thinks this is uh great great his ancestor his ancestor 
that like this guy turns out to be like this terrible guy and a murderer and all this stuff, but he's still like doing good. Like there's no there's justice, no justice in the afterlife at all. Mm. He's a celebrity. He's a murderer and a thief and liar. Uh, a liar and he's just false on every front and. He's a big celebrity in the land of the dead. Everybody yeah. loves him, and he's as famous there as he was ever in life. Yeah. He's got the biggest palace. and Yeah, and everybody wants to hang out. And, and right. he's still getting all this stuff from, like, everybody who's, like, alive and, and putting up shrines for oh, right. him and stuff, so all his, his fans. So his future in the land of the dead is secure because he's got so many people who remember him and tell the stories. And yeah. He's never going to leave. He's fine. Yeah. So, like, that ain't cool. Right. So you've got an afterlife there that, where the rewards and punishments are completely divorced from any actual moral activity mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. life. And now your status in the, in the next world is not based on ethical judicial concerns, but they're based on... How much do people Popularity. like you? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, but the thing with that, too, is that he was found out by the people there. So that's going to affect how they then want to interact with this person or yeah. if they're going to do that. Well, and then yeah. at the end of the movie, he's got the forget you on him. Yeah. And and I think, too, with a little boy coming back and saying, you know, because then that's when the grandma says, oh, I got all this stuff from my dad. And here's all the the lyrics and the songs and everything that he wrote me. So it's kind of disproving that this this idol. So you're saying his fame in the land of the living stands to be diminished. Yeah. And that will affect his afterlife. Well, yeah, because the whole thing is that you have to put things out for the dead so that they are, uh, nourished, I guess. I don't know. Wouldn't that continue Mm -hmm. seeing as how none of the people still alive, like knows that he's like a bad dude. Well, but at the end you had, there was a reporter there. There was all sorts of you things doing going a tour. on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, Jordan had said even before we started doing this that like Michael Jackson, you know, he well, he's still relatively within this generation, and as things go on and they go forward, that's not to say he's going to be remembered the same. There's well, but people are going to completely forget about him one day. No, but the way that you're remembered it's, is It's like change. with Elvis. You know, he's still he's still somebody everybody knows about, but it's not like when he was alive. It's not like immediately after he died. It, well, but, things shift and change, but and even music so, continues and goes if, on. If, and we're, have, if we're in this paradigm with this is the way that the afterlife works, even so, Elvis is still fine. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, he probably sure. didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Well, but he's still he's still fine. <laughs> he's in no he's in no danger of if fading you away. You want to get into that culturally, like um, with the whole uh, sexual abuse and you know, like sexism in Hollywood and stuff like that. There are uh, people that won't go and watch movies anymore because of different like names yeah. are attached to things, like the Weinstein guy, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. They they had his company had a movie come out directly after that scandal and it made nothing like it was out in theaters for maybe like a week or two and it made nothing it was in like the thousands and it was a national release and there's websites that are like dedicated to Mm -hmm. you can put in the name of the movie and it'll pull up whether or not there's somebody involved with the scandal 
and then people won't go and see it, you know? So... Well, but that... Uh, you still know who that person is. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that still doesn't change the fact that your afterlife is completely contingent on what people think about you. Well, I'm just saying yeah. in the movie, it yeah. appears that because of all this There's a chance information it may go worse coming up him. and yeah. because of what happened in the in the world of the dead people that they realize is this guy that they had admired and thought so much of was not the real person that they saw. Yeah. And so it doesn't it, it doesn't look like he just continues on in the same way that he had before. Yeah. And That's even, what I'm saying. Even if the living people still remember this guy, they're like, oh, this is just a scandal or whatever. It's a scam. He's caught on video confessing to murdering this dude and stealing his Yeah, but he's already dead. In front of all of the other people. <laughs> that Those were the people that had elevated him there as well. They kept him elevated because, yeah. oh, here's this guy. He's got, he does the music. He does all this stuff. He so, has the best house. He's got, I don't think that remains the same. Yeah, but at least the dead people will treat him poorly. Well, he won't be a star anymore. But yeah, there's an issue with that. Yeah, there's a big issue. Basically, what it means is that... Better get your revenge while they're still alive. (laughs) Right, and in in this world, if this was the actual world, then there's really no consequences for doing evil as long as the right people don't know about it or something like that. And a lot of people live their lives exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that may be attractive. That may be attractive to people. I did think it was interesting. I don't know who was taking a shot at who, but I did think it was interesting that in the, in the place where the land of the dead becomes the road to the land of the living, that, the the Mexican dead people have to go through basically an immigration checkpoint yeah. to head to the land of the living. I thought that was kind of funny. I'm not, I'm not sure who or if that was a political shot or, or what was I don't know. Well, there. it reminded me of like being in line to like for Disneyland or something is what I was most reminded of. You have to go in the line, and you have to have your pass, and then, okay, have a good time. Goodbye. <laughs> and then, oh, you're back? Well, yeah, welcome back. You had to declare things when you were returning. It was more like a customs TSA. stop. <laughs> I was thinking, what if here's your passport. Thank you. Boarding pass. All right, you're good. Right. I think there's some uh, validity into telling stories about your ancestors. I think that's something that... Um, Culturally, we don't always tend to do here. Yeah. And you can miss out on a lot of information. Right. And on a, a lot of... Um, History. Just great characters in your family that you don't know about. And, um, you know, there's a story about one of my ancestors. But mm-hmm. I just think from a biblical perspective, that's the whole Old Testament. It's stories about your ancestors and your heritage right. and what that means. And so... I think that's a, a huge good thing that this is talking about. It's not maybe putting it in the best light, but I know I've got pictures of family that I have no idea who they are because no my aunt isn't here anymore to tell me this is this person and this is that oh, right. person. Yeah. And so to lose that, it's a really sad thing. And so I think that's a, a real good thing that's brought out in the story that, you know, it's nice to know, your family, even if some of them 
are crazy people. <laughs> that, then you can say, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's why we don't do this. <laughs> crazy don't go too far. But, you know, and I think even like with your own family, I don't know what you know about them or how, oh, how far crazy back. People. A couple of them sitting in this room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But uh, that's really important. It's important to know your heritage. And as a Christian, that's the whole Bible. Those are all people that belong to you and their promises are yours because you're connected to them. And so that's huge. Yeah. There's a sense in which you can say the whole Bible is just retelling the family history. Hmm. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't tell it, you forget it. And you know, isn't that in uh, Deuteronomy, you know, tell these to your children and make sure, make sure they know these things and make sure you pass this stuff on to them. Well, it's like the parallel with knowing your family, knowing the, the Bible and stuff like that. And all of that literature that if you don't know what your family is and you're an isolated piece and it's easy to like get you pushed around into whatever. But if you have that, that structure and that history to like fall back on, then you know, this is where I belong. This is what the people before me have said. And this is where I need to be. The other worldview piece or thematic piece that I thought was interesting was the tension that was there in Miguel's life between feeling a responsibility to kind of keep up the family traditions and, and be faithful to his elders and those who had gone before. And... That's on one hand. And on the other hand, he had clear desires and dreams. And uh, in a Christian term, you could say he felt a calling. And now what do you do when those things are in a, when they don't match? Mm -hmm. What do you do when your calling doesn't seem to be what everybody in your family wants you to do? Well, and even beyond that, I think you could, you could even say he probably has like a gift for music because if, if all the kind of implied things is right, then he made his guitar out of like scraps that he found, like his fretboard. I don't know if you guys saw, but his fretboard is made out of nails, Yeah, you know, and then that he's learning his guitar parts and like learned how to play by watching videos of other people play. And like, I've tried to learn how, like, I'm still trying to learn how to play guitar. And that is hard to do. Even when you have that person sitting across from you, showing you and physically moving your fingers into position, like this is how you do it. And then strum. And this kid's up here like finger picking and like changing chords and like melodies and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, this kid's what, 11? You know, (laughs) maybe. maybe? And he's learning off of a VHS tape. So he's got to like play it through, rewind it, play it through. And he's learning in the top of an attic. Like that's not. Yeah. That's not easy. That has some talent, some skill there. I really think. Music in itself is an important thing for people. Mm-hmm. I think that's big in worship. I think that's uh, it's supported by scripture. You know, everybody was doing psalms and singing, and they would do that when they were sad, and they would do that when they were happy, and it's a joyful thing, and it's, it's something that um, I think ministers to people. Music does that, and it's how hard would it be to live without music? I mean, I just can't. I do okay. Can't even imagine. <laughs> Cannot even imagine. Well, it was even, it was like crazy band. Like it was yeah. people walking by singing outside that they weren't even, it wasn't even just their family. It was that no people around anywhere. them couldn't be performing right. music. That yeah, he they wasn't, couldn't hear music. Yeah, that it's he couldn't go. they couldn't be musical. Yeah. 
that there was no music, that they were getting after him for being in a place where musicians were. Yeah. And he was getting in trouble for shining in musicians' shoes. Like, he's doing his job, but it's a musician, so they're bad. We don't do that. Yeah, that yeah. was clearly over the top. Well, I think that's what Mom's saying has been uh, observed quite a bit. Martin Luther says that the the Christian who sings prays twice. And uh, he's just talking about the spiritual effect that is there when you sing. And it seems to kind of double whatever your other devotional activities are. And I think a lot of people have noticed that recently. I saw a quote from... Oh, who was that? I forget the old dead white guy, but <laughs> family? <laughs> no, <laughs> the quote was something like, "It doesn't matter so much what laws the nations make as long as we are the ones who write the songs." That there's more power mm-hmm. in the music than there is in the top-down government instruction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And a lot of people have observed that the church seems to advance more on its music than on its formal statements of theology, which is why the church today is so weak you know, with the mm-hmm. stupid music yeah. that passes. Some Christian. of the musical lyrics that are going out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But music is amazing. There's a magical thing going on with music. Well, there's definitely something going on You're with right. music. In a good way. Yeah. Not witchcraft, but... There's something magic about it. And then, okay, so let's go back to my you question. You read the original question. <laughs> if you have interrupted gift, two times. Gift versus talent. No, no. that's not it. Gift versus... Calling versus... Uh, Advisement? Responsibility, hmm. let's say. So your your family wants you to be a shoemaker, but you believe God has called you to be a, musi- a musician. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do? Well, who are you going to obey? Yeah, it really does come down to that at some point. Now, there's a time when you're Miguel's age, you need to submit to your mother and father and honor what they tell you. You can continue to ask and plead and, mm-hmm. you know, until they tell you, stop asking about it. <laughs> but, uh, but if you're someone, you'll just keep on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so... Reagan stinks eyes. As long as, <laughs> as long as you're in your parents' house, you need to honor your mother and your father. But then, I think if you're convinced that your calling is really from God, then obey God. And I know that's a tough balancing act, and it's tough. There are situations that have all sorts of different details, and yeah. we can't give out pat answers for that. But generally, God wants you to obey your parents. However, there do come times when, if it comes down to a choice between I can either obey God or my parents, then your choice is pretty clear at that point, that you have to follow God. Yeah. Jesus anticipates that his gospel will split households sometimes, and, you know, that's not fun or good, but it it does. It can be necessary. It does happen once in a while. Mm, Any other worldview issues? Um, My one that I saw was uh, forgiveness. That I think that was another big Mm. thing in the movie. The whole schism in the family is based on a lack of forgiveness. 
Um, and I mean, I get it. If your husband walks out on you with your, your little kid. Never to return. Never to return. You never hear anything about him, you know, when he's off being famous or whatever. Um, or partially famous. Partially Try famous. To be famous. You know, that I could see that being, I could, I could feel some hurt for that, but then to have that kind of fester in, not that only in yourself, but then encouraging that in, Mm-hmm. Other people, You're right. and it's not even multi generational, like multi generational <laughs> lack of forgiveness, and it's multi people. It's people that they're bringing into the family, like they're marrying into other families, yeah. and they're imparting this into each other. You but know that toxicity. You look around at families, yeah. and it's there, and it's from somewhere farther back. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't do this. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> this does not happen, and it's still it's still a relevant thing that there are families that have dysfunction and it's based on one thing that happened way far back and that's just mm-hmm. how things continue and that's our sin nature you know that's going to be how it is because as fallen people we can't do anything other than be fallen yeah and then even too that uh, you see in the land of the dead that imelda and hector that they've both been dead for however long yeah and he's tried to like make things up with her you know in their afterlife and she wants nothing to do she doesn't with want him, to hear anything you know so it's not that he's been <coughs> lost and you know, I didn't know you were here and stuff like that. I'm sure he's tried to explain what happened all these different times. And there just hasn't been any forgiveness there until she finds out that he's been poisoned and stuff like that. And, and she's still mad. And she's still mad at him, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. And then also, I think there's kind of a lack of forgiveness there with uh, Hector and Ernesto that... Mm-hmm. You know, that they too have been dead for a while and, you know, they've probably interacted with each other. It seems like they've interacted before, but that Hector blames rightly all of his kind of troubles on Ernesto. Yeah. yeah. You know, in general, what I'm getting at is I think this movie is a big example of what kind of a lack of forgiveness does. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for this issue, then he wouldn't have had his big yeah. conflict about, I have to choose my family or my music. Well, and in that same thing at the very end when uh, Coco, the grandma, mm-hmm. you know, she was just a little girl when all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And you would think, well, this wasn't put on her, but it really was. Mm-hmm. Because she has her little private box that she brings out that has all of these memories and mementos from her father, mm-hmm. whom she loved. And she couldn't speak about him anymore, and his picture was torn up, and it wasn't part of the family picture anymore, and she had that saved, and, you know, that she carried around a lot of things herself that was placed on her by Mm -hmm. her mom. And, you know, I think that's just, it's real. That's really what happens to a lot of our kids. Yeah, the sins of the fathers really do find their way to affect the later generations, for sure. I think the most depressing thing for me was it showed the reality of the afterlife. But again, the afterlife is totally controlled by what people think about you mm-hmm. or if they think about you. Yeah, That's horrific for me. I, I don't imagine you all think about me very much. So, <laughs> well, then, well, I don't know if it's any better than Mormonism, where I gotta wait for somebody to call my secret name that yeah, I don't that, even know. That, that kind of makes me mad anytime I meet someone and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Mormon." I'm like, "So, like, my question is, if you don't get married, what happens, happens to you? You don't, you don't have any. <laughs> right. You have no purpose. You have no purpose. You have no way to get out and get to something better. And that, that was the, the thing that depressed me about this movie." Like, 
in addition to if people remember me or not,、mm-hmm. but that regardless of if people remember you, you still die again. No one knows what happens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still waiting on an ultimate death. Yeah, and then eternal nothingness. It was really pretty depressing. Yeah,、right? yeah. It wasn't.、Uh, it wasn't very nice. All that. It, was, it winds up being a very bleak view of the afterlife. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why it was so brightly painted. Yeah. Right, it, it looked like a party. It looked like a party. And it is as long as somebody remembers. Yeah, you only yeah. have probably a couple hundred years. And then, <laughs> but then you know, if you the, have that, the cool thing on that though is that as Christians, you know, God is is known us from before the foundation of the world. And no way he's going to forget his people. You know, we're written on the palms of his hand. Right. And, and, and my picture's on、place. his refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> That bad, ugly picture where you got your hair stuck up, funny. <laughs> That's his license. <laughs> <laughs>、oh, no, really. If you see him, ask him about his license. <laughs> my license is good. I really. Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Coco probably isn't the best movie. Well, it sounds like y'all didn't hate it as much as I did. I just thought there were some there were some things I didn't have、eh. worth in it. Yeah, I did not. When I'm watching a movie for this, I'm looking for kind of like if I was going to sit down and talk to somebody based on a like we're going to have a faith based discussion. What can I use to pull someone back to? Yeah. Which、well, is, we watched this movie specifically to podcast about. Yeah, it. I know, and, but、uh, regardless. Yeah. yeah, so I hear what you're saying. It's different, really, when you watch a movie thinking, "Oh, we got a podcast about this." I know. What are we gonna say? Like, I wasn't thinking about anything when I watched Black Panther finally because I was like, "It's done." <laughs> I just enjoy I just, this. No, I find myself like still thinking about things, <laughs> but not in a way that I'm like. Well, well if, if, really something, if something like that, really but... overt happens, then I'm like,、mm, that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I、yeah. think about it all the time. That、yeah. was that was my thesis was looking for themes and right. So, so you still look. <sighs> all right, y'all. I think we're done with Coco. Coco, right? Time for this movie to fade into nothingness. That's <laughs> 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 so brightly colored. It'll take some time. <laughs> all right, y'all go out there and dominionize. Pay attention to what's being preached to you in all different types of media, and learn how to preach the right things. Amen. Amen. All, all the people said. Bye. No, we're supposed to do the one, two, three. Oh, three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one. Dominionize. Oh, you didn't do the right. What was it? Oh, oh I thought we were supposed to say whatever. Yeah, we were just supposed to say whatever came to our mind. It's dominionize. Okay.、Um, Next time. That's going to be on our t shirts. Three, two, one, dominionize. Three, two, one, dominionize. You know they have that penguin show. <laughs> three, two, one, penguins? Yeah. No. Oh, I remember that barely. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>